Everybody, welcome to the Roadie on the Horn podcast. This is episode 50, big number, big milestone, so shout out to us, obviously. But today is February 13th, at time recording. We have an awesome show full of listener questions and sports talk and miscellaneous talk at the end of our podcast for you regular folks that know what's going on. So very excited to get into it, as we always do. Of course, I'm joined by my great friend, my awesome co-host, my friend Donnie. Donnie, how you doing today, man? Oh, just fantastic. Living the dream. You know the drill. You know, not nothing really changed. Just been doing homework, you know, grinding. Um, you know, living the dream. How are you doing, RK? Oh, I'm doing great. I like to hear that you're grinding. I've definitely been grinding. I'm now a few weeks into my last semester of college at the University of Iowa, so uh, I'm, you know, a little sad that I'll be graduating this upcoming May, but, you know, enjoying, enjoying my time as a student while I still got it, so... That is really nice. And of course, enjoying the sports that have gone on in the past week since we've last recorded a podcast. Of course, we have a new Super Bowl champion. Oh my gosh, this game was a surprise to me. Not going to lie, I did not expect Kansas City to just get hammered, honestly, by Tampa Bay. What a game plan they had. Tom Brady, another Super Bowl for him. But Donnie, what did you see out of this game, the Super Bowl? What was your takeaways? You know, definitely uh, definitely not what was expected. Um I was thinking the Chiefs would put up a better fight, but again, you know, you're missing three of your starting offensive linemen, uh, at least normal starting offensive linemen, and that's kind of how you, um, you know, what you expect to happen. Patrick Mahomes was on his ass basically the entire game. Um, he made some some ridiculous attempts. He put in a lot a lot of effort there, but you know, the game was was lost before before it was started. It looked like it just you could tell. Um, Tampa's defense was just they were in it. They were in on what what seemed like every passing play. Um, always pressuring him. I think they ended up with three or four sacks. You know, it's crazy. Um, I don't know. I, I guess it's just it's more of a surprise than anything to me that um, you know, that that's how it went. But I, I didn't think it was going to be that lopsided either way. But, you know, definitely um, I wouldn't have guessed the Chiefs putting up single-digit points, you know. Definitely was a surprise to me as well. I agree with you. Patrick Mahomes, he was definitely running for his life seemingly immediately after getting a, a snap to him. Jason Pierre-Paul, Shaq Barrett. They were on him. The other middle linebackers that Tampa Bay had, Devin White and Levante David, great games for them as well. So uh, that was just a great performance from Tampa Bay. Really not much else to be said in terms of them just doing a great job and executing. So that was definitely a good game to watch. Obviously, Super Bowl at home in Tampa. Obviously, that was interesting. First time we that had happened. We had touched on that last time we had recorded. So uh, it's it's a little bit sad. You know, football is over now, Donnie. I'm sad. I know it's draft season, and that excites me, definitely. But no more live football for a little bit. So uh, I don't know what I'm going to do to fill my time. Probably hockey, if we're, if we're being honest. But no more football for a little bit. Yeah, well, um, the great part about football is, you know, it's a long season and the off season starts almost immediately. It's like we've already had some some major moves happen, and, and the rumors. Uh, if you're a football fan, this off season's rumor mill is just so incredibly just, I don't know, diverse and and interesting and different. And every week it seems like we have something new. So it's like this week was the Russell Wilson, you know, comment saying, "I'm not, I'm not thrilled with how I'm being protected." Um, then we saw JJ Watt got cut. Um, obviously he asked to be released. You would ask to be released too if you were playing for the Texans and you were a star player. So, I mean, it definitely makes sense. Um, but even if there's not football on the field, there's still football off the field for you. And that's something that you can be excited about, I guess, uh, a little bit at least. 
Yeah, that's for sure. I definitely is an exciting offseason. Should be a lot of movement as it relates to the quarterback position, too. I was kind of expecting that Carson Wentz would get traded this week, but that hasn't happened yet. It seems like those was rumors. as well, absolutely. Yeah, we heard a lot of rumors that Wentz could get moved to the Bears for a first-rounder plus. It, it seems like that is not obviously the case. I mean, if the Eagles were offered a first-round pick for that Carson Wentz contract, I think they would have taken it immediately. So sounds like that was not the case. They were not offered a first-round pick last I read. So uh, we'll still see if Wentz gets moved or what the situation is there. But yeah, a lot of to-be-determined moves in the quarterback market. We did see that one move that we were able to touch on last podcast from Jared Goff and Matthew Stafford. That was definitely an interesting trade that we touched on uh, in our last podcast. But yeah, still a lot of quarterbacks to be moved. We haven't seen yet. And as you said, yeah, football offseason. Obviously, we should be getting the combine here in a few weeks. It'll be interesting to see how that gets done. Um, obviously, not all the same format that they've been able to do in the past. So um, yeah, definitely football offseason is definitely one to be excited about. A lot better than the MLB offseason, Don. That has been something that we've struggled with, and I guess we can transition over to a little bit of baseball talk now. But now that is near the end of the baseball offseason, we finally have some things that we can analyze. So obviously, one of the big-time free agents that we saw this offseason is pitcher Trevor Bauer, and he ends up going to your Los Angeles Dodgers. So absolutely loaded up that starting staff for the Dodgers, fresh off a World Series, and they're going to be right again contenders next year. Big ad with Trevor Bauer. So what were your thoughts, Donnie, on that ad for the Dodgers rotation? We're there with Trevor Bauer. You know, I guess I can say that I'm not surprised because the Dodgers are the organization that is never, they're never happy. They're never settled with, um, you know, going um, deep in a playoff run or losing or even winning this year. As we've seen, you know, they've decided that, um, you know, it's time to repeat. It's time to do things, especially because there could potentially be fans. Um, I know both the Dodgers and Lakers have been very, very upset that they haven't been able to have, um, you know, fans to celebrate their championship runs because both of them were, were pretty incredible in their own ways. Um, but yeah, I don't think I don't think it's a surprising move necessarily. I, I think it's something that um, I, I wouldn't have guessed it at the beginning of the offseason. I said, oh, the Dodgers probably worry about themselves, worry about their own roster, keeping their guys because obviously we've seen um, Jock Peterson move. We'll talk. We'll touch on that later in the podcast, obviously. Um, we've seen Kike leave. They traded Kalarik and Floro, I think. So they've made a lot of moves from their roster last year. Um, but yeah, I, I think if you're going to make a move, Trevor Bauer is probably the best move you could have made this offseason. I mean, I think you can argue George Springer as the uh, the number one free agent in, in the league. Uh, maybe even Real Muto. But I think it's... I, I don't know if it's necessarily surprising to see Trevor Bauer go to the Dodgers. I would have assumed that he was going to go to a team like the Mets, who seemed to be just the leader of the rumors for the entirety of that saga until the end. And then, you know, obviously we saw um, Bob Nightingale tweeted that he signed with the Mets, and that's when you knew he didn't sign with the Mets. Um, so that's, that's really great. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't think it's necessarily surprising. It's like if you get a chance and you're the Dodgers um, to sign Bauer and have what may be the best top three uh, we've seen in, in a decade or more in terms of starting pitchers, um, why wouldn't you do it? Especially because obviously the Dodgers make $500 million a year. It's like, you know, they, they love reinvesting in the team. They love pouring money back in the team. They spend a lot of money on international guys and regular free agents. So why not bring in Trevor Bauer? Um, you're, you're reigning Cy Young from, from your conference and, or whatever, your league, and you just go from there. Um, I don't know if that's sort of surprising for me. What did you think? 
Yeah, I thought it was a great ad, obviously. I think the Dodgers are definitely going that route that they are looking to load up their starting pitchers. But I think that kind of brings up an interesting question that I would like to pose back to you, Donnie, is where do you kind of see that line between wanting to add another big-time starting arm and also wanting to load up your bullpen? Now, I would say with the Dodgers, obviously, they have a very good bullpen as well. Kenley Jansen's been their closer for a while and done a nice job. But I think there is kind of that line where I could even think as the Cubs, where the Cubs would almost go too hard uh, in getting those big time starting arms that they would not have enough resources to be investing in their bullpen so I thought it was interesting that the Dodgers looked to add another starting pitcher to where they already have quality arms in obviously Kershaw and Walker Bueller and uh, a lot of their younger pitchers Julio Arias is still coming along so I thought it was interesting to see that rather than them going after a big arm out of the bullpen so I don't know what what were your some of your thoughts um, as it relates not necessarily even for the Dodgers but just in terms of team building in general with baseball as it relates to allocating resources for your starting staff and then to your bullpen it's a, it's an incredible question. It's incredible. Um, it's a, it's a big thought. It's it's a really really important thing that we need to touch on. Um, that that I wasn't really even thinking about. Um, is you know the Dodgers obviously they have they have addressed the bullpen a little bit here and there. Um, we have seen them make moves or even keep guys like Trinan for example, who is going to be around. Uh, Knebel, who they've they've added, which will be an interesting uh, add. Canely, who's from the Yankees, um, will be a good add. But yeah, I mean, I think it's really interesting just to think about the fact that um, the Dodgers haven't done anything to their lineup at all this year. Their, their lineup at all, which is fine, totally reasonable. But the bullpen is always something that you need to work on. And while I do think that they have made moves, as I just I just mentioned with Canley and them, um, there are still spots to go to. But I think it's more or less the fact that we don't see like elite, elite relievers usually hit the market. And when they do... They get paid a ridiculous amount of money, and obviously this, these elite relievers don't always pan out. I think it's something that we've seen time and time again. Um, just in general, uh, the the elite relievers, once they go to a new team, or it's like even this offseason, the best reliever out there was who? Like, I can't even really think about it. Was it Liam Hendricks or Brad Hand, one of those guys? Yeah, Hendricks was the both, name that came to mind to me. I would say like, maybe not severe question marks, but definitely question marks in the, in the grand scheme of things. Yeah. Like, are they going to be able to, to perform at the level of their payment, which – these guys are probably I I don't know what Hendricks contract with the White Sox is but I'm sure it is it, it it's it's a good amount of money I would I would assume um so yeah I, I think the Dodgers have always went the route of the Dodgers have always had strong starters from ever since I can remember even even when they were having bad years they still had strong starters and I think they've established that if they can have guys go six or seven innings three out of the five guys in their rotation go six innings you know it's like you're not gonna kill your pen ever um you're always gonna have your top guys ready to go. I think that's that's the direction they're going. It's the direction they went in last year a lot, although they had injuries with Walker Bueller and they did have to go to the bullpen a little bit more than they wanted to. Um, I think it's definitely a fair analysis to say that they may have you know not addressed the bullpen as much as we'd like them to, as much as Dodgers fans would like them to. Um, but again, it's I think it's it's maybe not a trans. I I don't know if he's like a, a top like like one of the best free agent signings of all time in terms of one of the best players to touch free agency i don't think he's at that level but when you get a guy that's coming off a cy young year who is um by all accounts uh, just just really just that different of a pitcher um i don't know i, th I think it makes a lot of sense and, and again the offseason is not over yet you could still see the dodgers make a lot of moves um you can still see any team make moves it's like uh, sadly the mlb free agency and, and how this offseason works is increasingly every year just a little bit slower and a little bit more boring than, than year after year um but yeah, I, th I think it's something that we need to uh, wait until April to discuss, maybe, um, just see how things pan out a little bit. 
Yeah, I thought you brought up a lot of good points there, Donnie, in that discussion. I pulled up both Liam Hendricks and Trevor Bauer's contracts while you were talking about that. Liam Hendricks, they both signed three-year deals. Liam Hendricks, two years older at 32, Trevor Bauer, age 30. So both signed three-year deals. Liam Hendricks, average salary, $18 million. Trevor Bauer's average salary, $34 million. But that kind of goes to your point that, obviously, you have a lot more confidence in Trevor Bauer to be uh, to be able to go out there and get more outs than you would a Liam Hendricks. But I think there is kind of an element that I look at specifically with the New York Yankees that I really like that the fact that Brian Cashman really goes heavy on that bullpen and even if maybe they're high-end starting pitchers aren't as good I personally like that route more that they just load up their bullpen and then they're able to just have a ton of arms them available late in games now obviously I mean the Yankees haven't won a World Series in the last few years so I mean fair knock if you want to say that the Dodgers route is better considering that they have gone to the World Series and whatnot but just for me personally that's something that I really like with how Brian Cashman and the Yankees do things the fact that they do go heavy towards that bullpen and they're able to maybe spend a little bit less money per pitcher and have more quality arms but the Dodgers go more for the high-end starters route and going after a little bit less bullpen depth. Yeah, and I mean, it's it's something that you can... I don't think there's any necessarily one right way to do things. Um, I'm, assume, I'm assuming the Dodgers were going off of the, the thought process that, oh, we're going to get 180 innings out of this guy if he stays healthy um, compared to a 60-70 inning reliever, something like that. I would assume Hendricks probably falls in the 65, 70, 75, 80 range. Um, on the high end, obviously, he's going to pitch a lot, so it makes a lot of sense. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think there's one right way to do it, and I do think um, you definitely bring up a good point. It's like the Yankees are, by all accounts, every single year, the bullpen to fear in, in the MLB. Um, they are always near the top of the list. They are always talked about, and I think it's something that's very important to uh, just establish in general is having a good bullpen. Um I don't know if there's necessarily one good way to go about it. And again, we've talked about this this time and time again outside of just just these, these podcast recordings. Um, there is no one blueprint to winning in sports at any league, regardless of what you do. And I think it's it's more of a you look back at things and say, oh, this was a great signing, or oh, this was, this didn't end up so well. Um, I think it's just more of a thing that we're gonna have to look at a couple of years. Hindsight is twenty twenty, and you know we're definitely gonna have to uh, establish. You know we're gonna have to th- look at things a little bit more differently and I'd say 2023 2024 depending on if the Dodgers win again I mean obviously the contract's worth it if they don't win again and, and Bauer's not that great you look back and like oh they could have made other moves and you know we're still waiting on Justin Turner so we don't know what's gonna happen there either so yeah I really like that analysis definitely depends on your personnel definitely no one right or wrong way to do it just kind of an observation I had seeing some of these contracts come together so fun conversation there one more signing we want to touch on before we get to some more questions we'll keep with the baseball theme to start off some of our questions but one more thought Marcel Ozuna we saw him resign with the Atlanta Braves we also heard news that the National League will not have a designated hitter so that was something that we've talked about going back a couple podcasts the fact that we were wondering if Ozuna would want to stay in a situation where he could keep a designated hitter being that he was able to have it last year in Atlanta but will not this year opts to stay with Atlanta so he'll be able to play the field but uh what were some of your thoughts Donnie on that signing I know Ozuna was a guy that we had outlined uh, a few podcasts ago as, as one of the big big free agents uh, still to sign oh I mean Ozuna had a great year last year there's no real there's no arguing that he's just he's a detrimental fielder which is is definitely not ideal um I don't know the the whole changing the DH rule really doesn't make any sense to me, and I think you you feel the same way. And this this just it just doesn't make it. There's no real reason for them to keep switching back and forth. And I think eventually we'll get to a point where the DH is the universal rule. Um, I, I don't know exactly why or what the reasoning is about it, 
Um, I think the DH probably makes more jobs in the MLB too, which which helps out more players. You know, actually generate a career and all all of that. Um, but yeah, I, I think when you're talking about Ozuna, you're talking about a, a a potentially elite bat. I mean, it's like last year he was one of the best hitters in baseball in an Atlanta lineup that was one game away from going to the World Series and probably winning the World Series in, in all reality. Um, I, I, if anything with him, I think it's definitely worth just just holding on to a guy like that in hopes that he can potentially put up numbers again. Um, similar to what he did last year it's like obviously he was one of the best hitters in baseball and you have to pay for that yeah i agree with that analysis there i thought you brought up a good point with the fact that ozuna is definitely an aging player i look at his contract seeing 16 million a year guaranteed for the next four years so uh marcelo ozuna has had very good years coming off a very strong year in a shortened year but i also can acknowledge that he maybe has not been the most consistent player there's definitely been uh some years and he's moved on from two teams obviously he was with the marlins then went to the cardinals and now to the braves so uh uh, I'm maybe a little bit skeptical that the Braves will be uh, seeing the best out of that, but um, as you said, they definitely need some bats that, that can give them some offense now, and Ozuna is ideally that guy, so definitely a good signing there that we can touch on there. With that, though, we can now shift over to our Lister questions, so we'll start off here with a couple more baseball thoughts keeping on this theme, so first question asker here, this one comes from John at Johnny underscore Waz on Instagram, and he says... Who's winning the NL Central? So I will start here, given the fact that I root for the Cubs and obviously they play in the NL Central, but I'm not going to pick the Cubs in this one. I think the Cubs have just lost a little bit too much talent. Obviously, they lose Kyle Schwarber. They lose Hugh Darvish. They lose John Lester. So I think there's a lot that the Cubs are going to need to replace before I would be willing to say that they will win the division. My brain on this answer is telling me to pick the St. Louis Cardinals. Obviously, they just added Nolan Arenado, and they are coming off a good year last year. I like Jack Flaherty out of their starting rotation. So there's a lot to like with the Cardinals, but at the same time, I know myself that in years past, I've picked the Cardinals to win the NL Central and it's burned me and it didn't work out. So my sleeper pick, actually my real pick for this, who's winning the NL Central, I'm going to go with the Cincinnati Reds. I think the Reds have just kind of been like a sleeper team the last few years. They've, they've slowly kind of been on the come up. They had a little bit better year last year. I know they just lost Trevor Bauer, but they still have a lot of young players on that roster. I still like some of their starting pitchers, Luis Castillo in particular, not a bad bullpen, Rysel Iglesias. So I'm actually going to go with the little bit of a sleeper pick and go with the Cincinnati Reds for my pick for the NL Central. Yeah, I'm thinking this could be the worst division in baseball. Um, it's not great. I could be wrong on that, but I'm I'm thinking the Cubs are definitely going to decline. I think that's that's as as obvious as anything comes, especially in a longer season where you know injuries may play a part. They're one one major loss away from being basically useless. Um, I'll definitely go with the Cardinals. You know, you don't add a player like that without thinking you're going to win the division and maybe go further. Um, that definitely helps having um, other guys in the lineup too that can hit the ball, like Paul Goldschmidt, for example. Who I mean, I know you're you're a fan of Paul Goldschmidt. I'm not as big of a fan, but you know, obviously a guy like that, you have him in your lineup. He's going to be consistent. He's going to do his thing, um, as long as he can keep two ninety three hundred average, he'll be fine. Paul DeJong, guys like that, Matt Carpenter. Um, you would assume that St. Louis Cardinals. I don't know, maybe, I'd say they probably run away with it. I think Cincinnati losing Bauer is a big loss, and, you know, obviously last year they weren't really good enough to, to do anything in, in the first place. Um, that, that was a team that was barely 500 in the division where they were playing Pittsburgh and Milwaukee and teams like that. Um, and again, you're still going to play Pittsburgh and Milwaukee. Those guys are still going to weigh up your uh, your average a little bit. And most of these teams were 500 or under 500 or very close to 500 at least last year. So I would definitely take 
St. Louis, but I don't think they're going to run away with things. I don't think they're going to run away with the NL either. I think they'll still be 15 or 20 games under. Maybe not that many, but they'll, they'll still have a significant um, trail behind both Atlanta and, and the Dodgers. But I would assume that that, that division is going to be such just garbage. You know, you just have to deal with it. Um, watching watching the Pirates last year was just embarrassing, and you know somehow they ended up winning 19 games. Um, surprising to me, looking at the standings now, because I don't think I don't think Pittsburgh was 19 games good. I mean, they they got. They got no perfect game, no hit last year. So, you know, it's like that is that was like every night for them, I felt like. So, yeah, uh, I'll go with St. Louis, but I, I do think it could be close depending on if a team like Cincinnati or the Cubs decides to wake up and, you know, play good ball. Yeah, fair analysis there. I think St. Louis is definitely the safe pick. Milwaukee, I've seen some projections say that Milwaukee could be kind of a sleeper team. That offense was also really abysmal last year, so I'm not buying it with Milwaukee. Also not crazy about their pitching staff. Which makes yeah, no sense. I don't, I don't see how they how they come with those it, conclusions. <laughs> literally, literally makes no sense. I mean, it's like, if they perform like they did last year, they could they could be even worse. We could see them like really bad, like, like a, I don't know, like a 45 win percentage team. I don't know. I've never been sold on Milwaukee. Won't sell me on Milwaukee, especially because, you know, they're, they're just – Cubs fans go there. They take over the ballpark. you got to get fans in the, in the stadium before you, you can win the division, in my opinion. That, that's how I'm – Yeah, I'm I agree with that. Last year, I will say, though, Milwaukee, it seemed like they had Christian Yelich and, like, Keston here I got hit sometimes, and the rest of that lineup was, like, double A. Like, it was really not good for Milwaukee last year. So I definitely don't see it. So I respect the pick from Donnie with St. Louis, but I'm going to go with the Cincinnati Reds. So good question there from John. Appreciate that one. All right, we'll move on to our friend Scotty G at Sports with Scott on Twitter. Definitely give him a follow. Scott's got a bunch of questions. We forgot to put Scott's questions in our last podcast, so that was definitely an elf on behalf of me and Donnie on that one. But hey, Scott, we'll, we'll get your questions here now. Obviously, loyal listener, a Roth podcast captain as well. So continuing on with baseball, we got a lot of baseball analysis this podcast. Feels good to have some talk about that. But he says, break down the Nolan Arenado trade and put it in hockey terms for me. So yeah, I mean, just breaking down the trade enough. We had Nolan Arenado, obviously one of the best third basemen in all of baseball, unbelievable defender, great at the plate, going from the Colorado Rockies to the St. Louis Cardinals, and the Cardinals also get $51 million from the Rockies. That's not a joke. They literally gave them $51 million on top of that, and all the Rockies got back is Austin Gomber, who's like a number four or number five starter at best, and like five prospects, and none of them are in like the top 10 of the Cardinals. Like none of these prospects are anything that anyone's like going crazy about. So, I mean, yeah, I was re I was doing some research on this and I don't know anybody that knew anything of what the Rockies were thinking this trade. I don't, I mean, it just didn't make a lot of sense. Donnie, do you have anything to say to anyone who affiliates himself with the Colorado Rockies? It, it, so, so my thought process is the Rockies are the worst run team in, in the MLB, which is very, very hard to do considering the Angels are right there with Mike Trout, the best player in baseball, one of the best players in baseball history. And they can never make the playoffs. But I, I will, I will truly say this time and time again: the Rockies are just an abysmal, abysmal organization. Yet they still do this stupid shit every single year. I feel like, and and now the best part is there's rumors that Trevor Story is going to get traded. And if Trevor Story gets traded, that Rockies team could win six games next year. Like they could genuinely win six games, and that's it. And I, it just it. it it pains me. Like, you know, you, you see, I saw people complaining about the Moogie Betts trade, thinking they didn't get enough back. At least they got players that could, like, actually... Yeah, I'd rather Alex Verdugo than Austin Gomber. Give me a break. I saw people comparing them. It's like, first off, no. Like, the Dodgers actually gave up assets. They just didn't give up enough assets because they ended up getting David Price back and all that. They're paying a lot of money. They didn't get $51 million. Um, 
Yeah, I, I don't know. It's really foolish to me, but I, I've been saying this for a long time, and I'll continue saying it. It's like the Rockies are just such a poorly ran organization. Um, it, it's it's really shocking to see this, especially when you're here, because as a Dodger fan, I don't really care, but Rockies fans are so passionate, and they care a lot about their team, and they come out in droves to watch their team every weekend. Whenever I go to Rockies games, even during the week, they, they have a lot of fans there. Um, you experienced that when you were here. It's like they have the fan base is terrific, yet they put out such a shitty, mediocre just product, and and I, I don't know. It, it it hurts my feelings for Rockies fans. Like obviously you'd you'd hope for the best for a fan base that's passionate, but yeah, this this trade is just abysmal. I saw a couple people say, "Oh, it's not that bad," but it, this is this is legitimately an F trade. Um, for the for the Rockies and if they trade story I don't care what they get back it's gonna be an F trade as well yeah not very good definitely in agreement with you on that the second part of Scott's question here he says put it in hockey terms for me so I actually was like okay how can I do this and the only thing I could come up with Donnie that I want to hear your thoughts on so the Nolan Arenado trade the only thing I could compare it to in hockey is think of it as if John Tavares instead of when he was a free agent and just left the Islanders what if the Islanders traded him to the Maple Leafs and also gave the Maple Leafs 50 million dollars and kind of the funny part of that, it was the Maple Leafs let Leo Komarov go, and then he signed with the Islanders. So there was kind of that funny joke, like, oh, imagine if John Tavares was actually traded for Leo Komarov. That is, like, basically what happened with the Nolan Arenado trade. That's what it feels like to me. Imagine if John Tavares and $50 million was traded for Leo Komarov. That is the only thing I could close to compare it to in hockey derps. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah, so, so I'm, I'm not going to say that I'm a prospect, a, a prospect guru or anything. I'm not a prospect master in baseball. But when, when looking into those guys, it's like, Ah, uh, uh, it's just it's a real it's a real confusion it's a real question mark for me um so i definitely i definitely agree with you on that it's just it's it's just hockey terms in general would just be the most lopsided bullshit stupid trade that you can think of and just call it there just leave it at that and that's fine not a good trade for the colorado Rockies. sorry about that good ad for the for the for the blues for the st louis cardinals so good question there from scott he's got another baseball thought for us and he says how do you feel about jock peterson to the cubs so this was an interesting signing for the Cubs. Obviously, I mentioned they let Kyle Schwarber go this offseason, so they're going to bring in Jock Peterson, have him fill in that role as the everyday player for the Cubs. So gives Peterson an opportunity to obviously play every day instead of being a platoon player that he had been for the Dodgers the last few years. So I think it actually could be something that works out mutually beneficial for both sides here. Peterson betting on himself that he'll have a good year with the Cubs and can develop more of a all-around hitting approach as an everyday player. So I'm actually pretty optimistic for this signing as a Cubs. I like Kyle Schwarber but I think he was a little bit more flawed of a player, uh, especially in terms of his defense. So kind of interesting. He went to the Nationals instead of going to the American League. But um, yeah, in terms of the Peterson to the Cubs signing, I was all for it, actually. Donnie, obviously, you are very familiar with Jock Peterson, obviously, given the fact that he was with the Dodgers for a while. What are your thoughts? You know, if you make the playoffs, Jock Peterson is a tremendous player to have. Uh, just something happens in the playoffs where he wakes up and decides that he's not a 220 hitter anymore. He's like a 290 hitter. Um, probably not that high, obviously, but... Yeah, I, I don't know. You can't go wrong with a guy like Jock Peterson who has he, – he gave his entire beginning of his career to the Dodgers organization and did whatever they wanted him to do and played in whatever role they wanted him to play in. You, a lot of times he would be a pinch hitter. A lot of times he'd be off the bench, and, you know, that's that's perfect. Um, I, I definitely feel like Jock probably wanted to come back, I would assume. Um, you know, this is, this is his, his life, his livelihood. But if you're going to go anywhere, I think the Cubs organization is a great place to be, especially if you have a great year around all of those great players because, like, they still have offensive talent as long as they can stay healthy. Um, the, the Cubs' offense could be pretty potent, um, and Jock Peterson should be a major part of that. I, I definitely, you know, 
whenever you get a chance to get Jock Peterson on your roster, you can't. I can't complain about that for the Cubs, especially. Yeah, I like that ad for the Cubs. Good question from Scott. Also wanted to note in here, Cubs, since Scott asked this question, they brought back Jake Arrieta on a one-year deal, so I'm super excited about that. I absolutely loved watching Jake Arrieta when he was going off, winning the Cy Young for the Cubs back when they were actually competing for championships. But uh, no, personal note, love Jake Arrieta. Super, super excited to have him back with the Cubs on that one-year deal. So a couple of signings that, you know what? I didn't love the offseason for the Cubs, but, you know, a little bit somber note here at the end. Jock Peterson and Arrieta, I'm for both those signings. So a uh, little bit of optimism for me. And obviously they didn't trade away Chris Bryant. So again, that's good. But I really hope they don't actually do that because they actually need to keep Chris Bryant because he's really good. So there you go. Lots of Cubs analysis there. Really excited for the season. So good questions there from Scott. We'll move on now to some other sports. A lot of baseball talk there. So that was really good to cover that. But now going back, college football thoughts here. Donnie, how do you feel about Tate Martell entering the transfer portal? I really don't care. Like it, it's funny because I was excited about having him because you know obviously he, he's a he's a it is an enigma. He's he's a he's a character. He's a, he's a guy that you kind of want on your roster just in case because he he has flashy ability and everything. But I I can't imagine that he ends up anywhere relevant. I can't imagine he ends up starting anywhere relevant. If he ends up on a decent team and he ends up as a starting quarterback, I would just be shocked. Um, and I I think he's just vibing along at this point. Tate Martell has realized that his his luck has run out. Um, and, and, you know, he's probably not as talented as people thought he was and, and hoped he was. Uh, you know, I definitely wish for the best um, for the rest of his um, college career and whatever happens afterwards. But I just I take Martel probably in it at this point. Yeah, former four-star recruit quarterback out of Las Vegas, went to Ohio State, transferred because he couldn't beat out Dwayne Haskins to Miami, then he couldn't beat out Deere King, and then he opted out of the 2020 season, and now he's back in the transfer portal. So, I mean, hey, hopefully somewhere we'll take Tate Martell and actually want to play him. I saw sometimes they were using him as a receiver because they couldn't use him as a quarterback. So, hey, well, <laughs> maybe Tate Martell can figure it out. Obviously, former four-star recruit, as I said, so he's got some talent, but uh, has not happened so far. So, uh, yeah, interesting thought there. We will keep going. Scott, a ton of questions, so we'll keep rolling. He says, the Blackhawks have more points than the Rangers. What does this mean? So, Donnie, what, what does this mean? The Blackhawks more points than the Rangers. They also played more games than the Rangers, and they're also playing teams like Detroit, so it doesn't really matter to me necessarily. Um, I I am the, the chief proponent of the Blackhawks not being as bad as I thought they, as RK thought they were going to be. Um, I've been saying this for a while. I don't think they're nearly as bad as a Detroit-type team. Um, but I, I don't think it really matters, to be honest. It's like Chicago's probably not making the playoffs, and if they do, they're going to get trounced by Tampa or whoever they have to play in the first round. Um, so just leave it at that, I think. I, I Obviously, you know, Chicago being over 500 is a big dub for, for Blackhawks fans everywhere. Um, it's probably just the beginning of season giving hope to a team that will probably end up having a 7- or 8-game losing streak at some point in the year. And then everything goes downhill from there because you know it's coming. You know it's coming. It, it's going to come whether you want it to or not. Um, and, and obviously they still have some some question marks. I think we've we've established that. Uh, I don't know. Like guys like Lankinen are having just incredible years, and, and that's what's kind of carrying them here. Obviously he had a tough night. What was it? Uh, three nights ago, two nights ago against Columbus. But he's got like a nine twenty. You can't complain about that. I was saying at the beginning of the year, if you have a goalie that has a nine twenty, Chicago could be half decent. I mean, bang! Look where we are. 
Yeah, half decent. I will I will definitely give you credit on that, Donnie. If you had told me before the season I that one team was 13th in the league in points and the other was 26th, I probably would have said that the Rangers were 13th and the Blackhawks were 26th. So definitely going to defend you on that. Both teams have a minus three goal differential too. So, I mean, that, I thought that was interesting. I'm a big goal differential fan. So I thought that was interesting that both teams are exactly the same at minus three. But yeah, I would say I think the Blackhawks are maybe overachieving a little bit. Like I said, like I think that they've had some nice play from some of their forwards. Uh, Alex Dabrink and Patrick Kane kind of have a nice thing going on. P.S. Suter, for whatever reason, has been decent. Their uh, rookie defensemen have been scoring goals. And, and you mentioned Lankanen, for the most part, has been pretty solid. So some things to like about the Blackhawks. So uh, I will definitely acknowledge that. But yeah, as you said, I definitely don't think it'll last too much. And even from a Rangers perspective, I think the Rangers have been off to kind of a slower start than I even kind of anticipated. I think they are a team that could start to get better over the course of the season. A lot of young players on that roster as well. Yeah, I think the statistics would say that the Rangers probably should have more points than they 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 do this year. They seem to collapse late in year and obviously or late in games, and obviously they're playing teams like Boston and Philly, um, Pittsburgh. So teams that are you know playoff, I, I don't know playoff worn. They've they've been there, they've done it. Um, whereas the Rangers are they have ten ELC players on the roster right now, which is something that we expected. Um, you know we expected it to be pretty pretty tough. Um, so yeah, n nothing surprising here. I think this is exactly how I thought it was going to go. Um, I would expect both Chicago and the Rangers to be in the bottom 10 of the league at some point, maybe within the coming week or two. Um, I don't think that's out of the question. Yeah, good analysis there on our two favorite teams. So shout out to Scott for, for bringing that up. I always love talking about the Blackhawks and the Rangers. So good stuff there. Scott's next thought, he says... Is Tampa Bay having the best year in sports city history? Obviously, Tampa Bay Lightning winning the cup last year on the restart. Tampa Bay Rays making it all the way to the World Series before falling to the Dodgers. And then now, obviously, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers winning the Super Bowl. And I think, actually, Scott brings up a decent point here because there are a lot of sports cities that have four teams, and Tampa Bay may actually be benefiting from only three because, say, they had a basketball team and they sucked. Like, say, Orlando just, like, was moving to Tampa, and now the Orlando Magic are in Tampa. That kind of, like, negatively affects your team because you don't have a Stanley Cup final or uh, whatever the situation, final team caliber. So I think Tampa Bay, they actually have a decent chance to where they could be considered, uh, you know, having the best sports city year. So two championships and a team in the final. What do you think, Donnie? Yeah, I, I don't know the exact numbers. Um, I, don't, I don't have the exact research, but I'm thinking this is probably up there with one of, one of the Boston years where they had the Patriots and the Celtics and, and the Bruins and, and, you know, all that good stuff happening for them. Um, obviously the Red Sox as well too. Um, yeah, I'm, it's it's been an incredible run. Um, I don't think anybody's really surprised by the Lightning, but I definitely would say I was surprised by the Rays making it to the World Series. I wouldn't have guessed that in, in any reality. And even the Bucks, I don't think the Bucks had much of a chance until they they really picked it up in the second half of the year, and, and you know they proved to themselves and proved to the league. I mean, it's like they ran through all those good quarterbacks. So definitely props to them. Um, yeah, my best when you have the greatest of all time on your team, you know, it's not that hard for the Bucks. But yeah, I would definitely say that it, it's up there. I don't know if it's necessarily the best sports year ever, but it's definitely up there. Yeah, I agree with that. I think they definitely have a good case for it. So uh, yeah, Boston was definitely another one that I was considering. Obviously, they've had a lot of success over a sustained period of time. So good observation and thought there from Scott. His next question kind of relates to a similar topic, kind of something Donna just touched on, but he says, Tom Brady has won 12.72% of all Super Bowls. Is he the GOAT? And I mean, yes, Tom Brady has been the GOAT, and it wasn't just because he won 12% of all Super Bowls. He has just proven it over a 20-year career that it doesn't matter what's going on. Tom Brady can compete for a championship. So yes, 
Tom Brady, definitely the GOAT. Yeah, nothing that has happened in the last year has, has changed the GOAT status for Tom Brady. It's it just If anything, it just cemented it a little bit further. Um, it made it a little bit harder to catch him. So um, I don't think there's any real question there. Yeah, no no, no debate for me that Tom Brady is the GOAT. I mean, I don't know how people At can just point, not respect his greatness. You? Yeah, I don't uh, I don't know how. I mean, he's done it now with multiple organizations. So even the the Bill Belichick people don't have have that uh, have that edge on him. So uh, definitely Tom Brady the goat. No no question for me on that. So Scott's got one more question. Of course he's asking about the Oklahoma Sooners. So this is the part where Donnie complains about our podcast. But I'm gonna read this question anyways. And he says the Sooners became the first team since 1974 and the third team ever with four regular season wins against AP top 10 teams in one month. Can they win the Big 12? So probably the most cherry-picked stat I've ever heard in the history of Oklahoma basketball that Scott brings up here. But I do not think Oklahoma is going to win the Big 12 because Baylor is in the Big 12, and Baylor has not lost this year, and they've beaten Oklahoma head-to-head. So that is my analysis there. Oklahoma having a very good year. You know, they beat Kansas once. That's pretty good. Shout-out to them. They have some nice wins. They beat Texas as well. Texas is actually doing decent. Oklahoma obviously owns Texas and everything. So Oklahoma, you know, respect to your men's basketball team, but you're not better than Baylor. So that's my thoughts there. I don't think OU Hoops is winning the Big 12. Yeah, I'm not even going to bother answering. I'm just going to go with what he said because I'm, I'm sick of I'm sick and tired of hearing about Oklahoma sports. Um, again, when, when you're when you're not when you're not first, you're last. So you're last in my eyes. There you go. Enjoy that. Um, you know, Baylor's better. There you go. Thank you for that, Donnie. Seventeen that. in a row. <laughs> and thank you for that, Scotty G. Obviously, apologies for your missed questions, but we got you. A bunch of questions there for Scott. Scott always asks us a million questions on a bunch of different sports. It's really good stuff. So shout out to Scott. Obviously, Roth Podcast Captain. And follow him on Twitter at Sports with Scott. So I'll plug that one more time for Scott. So shout out to you, Scott. All right, we'll keep rolling here. A couple more question askers for this podcast. Again, Rody and the Horn, episode 50. So shout out to you, listener, mid podcast shout out, because you're obviously a real listener listening at this point. So shout out to you. But here we go. Keep going. Our friend Luke at Kraus on Instagram. And he says, this was an in-person question that he asked me when we were having a conversation. And he said, who is your favorite UFC fighter? And my answer for him was Nate Diaz. I am a big fan of Nate Diaz. He last fought in 2019, which was unfortunately a loss for him. He lost to Jorge Masvidal in that one. But, you know, I'm, I'm just a big fan of Nate Diaz. I remember, you know, his fights that he had against Conor McGregor. Those were back in 2016. So those are really interesting. But, yeah, I, Nate Diaz, that's just my, my go-to answer, my favorite UFC fighter. So, Donnie, any thoughts from you on your favorite UFC fighter? Yeah, I'm just going to be basic and roll with Conor McGregor. Um, you know, obviously, I've been watching more and more UFC recently the last year or so. Um, but you, I, there's something different about Conor McGregor. He's one of those guys that really transcends the sport and, and just kind of runs things. Even when he's losing, he's winning. Cause it's like he's got the media on him again, and obviously he's going to have a third fight, it uh, looks like, um, the, the trilogy there. Uh, but, yeah, I, I don't know if there's necessarily um, – I don't know if I necessarily have a favorite, but I would say Conor McGregor and his, his actions and his antics are definitely, you know – um, they make me happy. They keep me. They keep me in the loop with the UFC, and you have to give him credit for that. He kind of runs shit. Like, I, I don't know. Yeah, he really does. Conor McGregor is the ultimate showman. That is what I always respect about him. Oh, absolutely, hundred percent. I and I will say probably my favorite thing about UFC in general is it just being like a Saturday night and me having to like talk with other people to get like a stream link. Like, ain't nobody ever paying for UFC. Like, you know, you can just find a stream oh, link on I, Reddit I mean, or Twitter. You know, I definitely, I definitely respect the business model and them trying to sell pay-per-views and everything. But in, I think there's probably a better way to go about things. They need to do a better job of, of actually selling their product because people are going to cheat regardless of they're going to use streams and such. Exactly. I'm not, 
I'm not necessarily saying it's it's the best way to go about things, and obviously it hurts their business model a little bit, but let's just be realistic here. It's like there is a better way to go about things rather than charging a pay-per-view price that seemingly goes up every time, every once in a while. It's like I think they're charging like 70, 80, 90 bucks for pay-per-views for um, six, seven fights, which, I mean, it's like it, I guess it's fair, but like these fights can go quickly. It's like if you paid pay-per-view price to watch Conor McGregor, you're not very thrilled. You're not happy. So, um unfortunate for, for whoever did that but yeah i, I think th that's that's a totally different question for another different day honestly yeah i agree how about you just embrace everybody on the internet and make it free for everybody just go to ufc.com bang there's the stream that's what my suggestion is for you but yeah good or thought there imagine if they charge imagine if they charge ten dollars they charge ten dollars on the internet you can watch you can watch or, or it's like a monthly thing you, you spend five dollars like i know that wwe for example they have their network where they charge they charge x amount and then you can watch whatever you want whenever you want you can watch all the old content and everything why don't they just do that like like you know figure that out I know. The streaming platforms, Paramount Plus. That was that was my takeaway from the Super Bowl actually. So that's what everybody's doing now. Paramount Plus, you know, classic obviously. <laughs> Alright, good stuff there. Appreciate that question from our good friend Luke. So alright, with that, we'll move on. This question comes from CP1 at Corey Perry One on Twitter, and he says, Why is Justin Hall winning the Norris? And obviously, Corey, you know, he's very excited about how the Toronto Maple Leafs are able to win games against teams in Canada because nobody plays defense in Canada. So he wants to brag about how Justin Hall is maybe like the only one who does. And my direct answer for you is that because Justin Hall is a former draft pick of the Chicago Blackhawks. Obviously, he was a second round pick in 2010 of the Hawks. So the Hawks have the best scouting. And that's why Justin Hall is winning the Norris. So bang. So that's my analysis for you, Corey. You know, I'm really glad that Justin Hall resigned, or fucking, he's having a good year, or whatever. But a better Justin <laughs> just resigned with the Dodgers and Justin Turner. So that, that's that's live news just happened. Oh, let's uh, go. Nine minutes ago, Justin Turner is a Dodger. After talking about this, literally like like 20 minutes ago. So, um, you know, Justin Hall, great guy. I'm I'm hope he has just the best year. But you know, Justin Turner's resigned with the Dodgers. Um, that's more exciting than anything that he could have asked about. So that's a, that's a big dub. There you go. COVID has not affected Justin Turner after all that occurred. It, has, it, it hasn't. It really hasn't. He's fine. He's doing okay. You know, I'm really glad to hear it, obviously. Yeah, that's great to hear. So, yeah. Good good news about Justin Turner, and shout-out to Corey Perry. You get a Justin Turner shout-out in the middle of your question, too. So, there you go. Appreciate that. All right, we'll keep rolling. Two more question askers this podcast. Of course, our friend Josh at Josh Posniak on Instagram. Give him a follow. And his first thought for us is maybe learn. So again, Josh, just going with the funny questions. We learned after last week that What Do Now is an Always Sunny in Philadelphia reference that he linked us the video clip for. So shout out to Josh for educating us on TV shows that he loves to, you know, inform us on. So appreciate that. But maybe learn. I don't know. I Maybe learn is, is not something that I'm familiar with. You know... I'm just gonna. I'm gonna take this and run with it. Um, we learn every day. We're always. We're consistently learning as human beings. And I think that's just really something that Josh is telling us that we just need to learn more. I think we, we just need to open hey, our open our minds up. And, that's you know, healthy. Learn. Yeah. And, I, and it's it's absolutely healthy. And you know, this is this might be Josh's best question of all time. I could be wrong, but I'm gonna put it up there. Yeah. I I'm not in disagreement. I mean, maybe learn. Like maybe maybe I maybe will. Learn. <laughs> maybe learn. Maybe I will. Maybe learn. I mean, maybe not learn. I mean, you, you never know, but you know, maybe learn. Maybe learn. Well, we'll give it consideration. I'll I'll let you know on that, Josh. I will maybe learn. That's that's a great thought. Okay. Josh has some other actual hockey questions in the middle of his nonsense questions, so I guess we'll get those out of the way here. He says, is Gregory Hoffman the greatest hockey player to ever live just because he was traded from Carolina to Columbus for a seventh rounder? So I'm going to go with 
no, I don't think Gregory Hoffman is the greatest player to ever live just because he was traded for a seventh rounder. But he may be the missing piece. That is a Josh Classic. I'm, I'm sure he appreciates that shout. Gregory Hoffman, a missing piece, but not greatest hockey player. So that's my analysis. Yeah, you know, I'm thinking Gregory Hoffman's not going to want to play for Torts, so that, that's tough. Um, you know, you just you wasted a seventh round pick to get a guy that's not going to come play for uh, for an abusive head coach uh, who's already benching Patrick Laine. So, you know, I'm going to throw that one back at you here. Yeah. Speaking of that topic, though, the Tortorella and Columbus Blue Jackets, Josh's next question, he says, why is Jack Roslovic better than Pierre-Luc Defraud? So, uh, obviously, classless Josh here. They just trade away their guy, Pierre-Luc Dubois, who Josh was like, oh, we're not going to trade away Dubois, and now he's calling him a fraud. So, I mean, Jack Roslovic, good player. I definitely defended the return that Columbus got in that trade. I think Roslovic and Line is definitely a steal for Pierre-Luc Dubois, but... I don't think Roslovic is better straight up, so that's my thought. Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, you know, Roslovic, he's always, he's having an instant impact, you know, props to him. Um, I'm thinking we look at this in a couple years, and Dubois is uh, a number one center, and, and Roslovic is their third center. Uh, you know, we'll, def- we'll definitely figure that one out. That, that's, a, that's another hindsight's 2020. We'll look back at it in 2023. Uh, that's yeah, exactly. That that's way better to do analysis when we actually know exactly what happened. Uh, that, that's way better way to break down trades. Oh, I mean, especially because you, you can't guarantee that either of these players are going to be on the team that they're on right now in two or three years. It's like, obviously, you know, you'd like to think that these guys are going to have long careers with these teams, but you really never know. Yeah, no doubt about it. All right, that that does it really for the sports part of this podcast. So you guys that are still listening at this part know what happens <laughs> at the end here. of our podcast. Leave. We just talk about the most random shit. And, of course, we're at the Josh part of the question, Josh part of the podcast, so we're going to get very random shit. But this first one relates to one of Josh's dogs. So he says, please wish my dog Jamboree a happy birthday. It is his birthday today. He is now three. And please share your favorite Jamboree memories. So first and foremost, happy birthday, Jamboree. At time of yeah, us happy, happy recording, birthday. Happy birthday, definitely is, is your birthday, Jamboree. Happy third birthday. And at the time you're listening, it is no longer. But it is for us right now. So my favorite Jamboree memory. I have been in the presence of Jamboree before when I have hung out with Josh. And the, the funny part of this is Josh Josh loves inviting Jamboree over. Getting real close and like, oh, who's, who's a big dummy? Who, who has a stupid name? And then, and then Jamboree, like, starts to, like, get excited because, like, Josh thinks that he's, he's making him excited. So Josh loves to just make fun of Jamboree for having a name of Jamboree. And I, I think that's the most appropriate thing to do. If you're a dog and your name is Jamboree, I mean, that is just hilarious. So easily, favorite memory is anytime Josh just, just calls Jamboree over and, and calls him stupid, honestly. And, and you know what? Some people may not understand what's going on, but that, that is my experiences with Jamboree. So there you go. There's my favorite Jamboree memory. Yeah, I, I, my favorite Jamboree memory is learning that Jamboree's name is Jamboree. That's all I got for you at this point. You know, it's like obvi- obviously shocking name, just a shocking name. Um, that's I, I feel bad for Jamboree. That's an L. But the, does Jamboree have any have any feelings? Does Jam- Jamboree care about being called Jamboree? I don't think so. So yeah, it's, it's definitely I don't think okay. so. So yeah, we're, happy we're birthday, Jamboree! Here. Shout out, shout out to you! Happy third birthday! So good stuff there. That does it for the dog talk on this podcast. So good stuff there from Josh. Josh, a few more thoughts, though. His next one, he says, what is your go-to butter alternative? So, Donnie, what, what is your butter alternative? What, what is that, like margarine? I mean, like, I, I guess I would go with, with, with margarine or, or, or whatever they call it. it. It's not real. I don't know. Like, I'm, I'm not a big butter guy. I'm not a big margarine guy, but I would say margarine is the way to go if you're looking for a butter alternative. Yeah, that's a fair fair shout. I personally am not also not a huge butter guy. I guess sometimes I like butter 
on bagels. So I like I like cream cheese on bagels too. So I guess maybe in the right situation I could go with cream cheese. But yeah, that's I mean, an alternative. Not, we'll take I'm it. I'm not you know a huge butter alternative situation fan, but yeah, it's good to be prepared. So really appreciate the uh, the question there from Josh. Good thought. Uh, keeping with the food theme, Josh says, "Do you guys enjoy a little chicken parm from time to time?" Yes, I do. Yeah, I, agree. I do. I of think, course. I think from time to time is the most fair way to put how much I enjoy chicken parm. Like, I'm not going to – it's oh, not I, every day. Once every couple is months. That, once yeah, every couple months. Once we'll in a see. while, yeah, give me a chicken parm sandwich. Why not? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you see an Italian restaurant, you're like, hey, chicken parm. And then you go from there, sure. and that's fine. And that, that's, all, that's all that matters, you know. And I'm then you're, you're ob- what you have to do at that point is you're obligated to say, chicken parm, you taste so good. That's just, yep, shout, shout just, out to Peyton, have to do obviously. It. Yep, of course. Um, Peyton's places. He's – He's really made a career out of uh, chicken parm, so you know, really, really props to him for that one. So yeah, I mean, really great questions from Josh. Sure, I, I'll, I'll take a little chicken parm from time to time. That's a, it's a great. Are question. you paying for the chicken parm, Josh? Are, are you gonna? If you pay for the chicken parm, I'll definitely eat it. I, that's, that's true. All I'll say. No, no lettuce. We know that. Uh, yeah, if you get lettuce on your, on your chicken parm sub, you're pissed. You're throwing, you're throwing hands. So you know, that's fine. Yeah. Josh's next question is really not for any of us. It's actually for our friend Scott, who asked questions earlier. And he says, Scott, do you want to go to an indoor driving range or something sometime soon? I know he isn't a host on the pod, but he'll be listening. So, yeah, I mean, Scott's he's not here right now. This is a conversation between me and Donnie, but he, he is right in the fact that Scott's listening. Yeah. We definitely know that. Yes, yeah, Scott, if you want to answer through a question next week and not, not tell him that you want, to, you want to go or whatever, that'd be fine. Like, we can definitely keep the, the telephone on. But I would really appreciate it if you just That's send him a DM and you're like, hey, of course I'd like to go to Top Golf with you. <laughs> no, I don't want to see you. Um, there, there have been many times where I've connected Scott and Josh before, and for whatever reason, Josh still opted for through the podcast communication. So, I mean, hey, that's, yeah, hey, that's what we do here. We're actually in a group chat together for, for a fantasy hockey league, so he could, he could definitely just, you know, message him there. <laughs> the, Josh, um, Josh just wants a friend to go play golf with sometimes. So that, that, he's asking our podcast members. So if you are in the Schaumburg, Illinois area and you are interested in going to a driving range, Josh is interested. So so let him know. That's 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 good enough for me. We'll go with that. <laughs> yeah, we really will. Josh has one more question, and then we can get out of Josh's thoughts. But he's got one more for us. So we'll go here. He says, if you found 20 dodo birds right now on the side of the road, what would you do with them? Donnie, what would you do? 20 dodo birds, side of the road, Literally bang. Literally nothing. Literally nothing. I would just drive past them and let them be. That's the best part about these things. I don't have to do anything with them. It's all like the That's grapes. The true. grapes are in my kitchen. Um, for, for anybody that knows the question, the grapes are in my kitchen. So I, can't, I, I have to do something about that. I'm physically forced to. But if I'm seeing dodo birds on the side of the road, maybe I'm taking a picture. That might be it. Maybe I'm taking a picture. I'm taking a selfie with a dodo bird. How's that sound? Yeah. I mean, I for me, I mean, dodo birds are extinct. I've never seen a dodo bird. How would, would I even know? That's the thing. If I if I just drove by side of the road and there was just 20 birds, am I going to be like, oh my gosh, it's dodo birds. Like, I, I just, I'm not sure my confidence and my ability to diagnose a bird, I'm thinking, a bird type. I, I'm thinking, <laughs> I'm thinking you would know what a dodo bird looks like. I'm thinking you, they are, they are disgusting. Are those like creatures. the big ass birds or what? They're the ones with the massive. Here, hold on. Um, they have massive, massive beaks. They they have like. Let's do it. I don't let's know. Let's it up right now. Yeah, you you can do a quick uh a quick Google search. Um, I'm thinking you would know. They're just they look like characters. Oh. They look like they look okay. like birds you wouldn't want to fuck with. Honestly, they're kind of like they're kind of like geese, but like a badass geese. Yeah, like a badass. That's that's perfect. It's a badass geese. And if you saw twenty badass geese on the side of the road, you'd be like, eh. 
great. Like, fine. Yeah, I, like I don't know. I, I wouldn't, like, bring him in my car with me. I mean, that's for sure. So, I, I don't know. I, <laughs> yeah, like, what was I, he, maybe what was I'd tweet for? about what, it. What answer was he looking for? Yeah, I'll what, post what about it on at Roth Podcast on, on Twitter and Instagram if I find 20 Dota birds on the side of the road. That is what I would do. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, great questions from, from our great friend Josh. Obviously, he asked us a million questions on a bunch of random shit. So that really gives a lot of character to this podcast. So we really do appreciate Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Shout out to great listener and friend Josh there. Go Birds. Love talking to Josh. Love, love getting FaceTimes from Josh as well. So big shout out, obviously, loyal listener there. But we got one more question asker on this podcast. It is typical for this person to be asking questions at this point of the podcast. If you are familiar, you can catch my drift here. But this is, at this point of the podcast, my sister Kira has a question, at KiraK320 on Instagram. And it's a very simple question. She just says, what is your ideal superpower? So, Donnie, one superpower. What are you picking? Oh, I definitely, I've had an answer to this for a long time. And if anybody ever asks me, it's to fly. I just think, in terms of superpowers, you want one that has, you know, it has some flair to it. But you also want practicality. So it's like, I've heard a lot of people say, oh, I want to turn invisible. But, like, what what fun is that? Nobody knows you're invisible. I want to be able to, like, brag about it. I want to be able to flex it. So, no, I don't want to be invisible. I don't want to be able to, like, shape shift. I don't know. It just doesn't seem like a good time. I just want to fly. Because I feel like if I could fly, it would take away all of the troubles that I've ever had, you know, with driving, you get stuck in traffic, or not being able to go visit somebody. I could just fly to New Jersey right now. I could fly to, fly to Iowa if I wanted to for a long weekend. Yeah, um, do it. I, I think being able to fly, just especially if I can fly at like a fast speed. So let's say I can fly at like like 150 miles per hour. I'm living the dream. I'm truly living the dream at that point. Yeah, you you would definitely. There would be a lot of people that would want to talk to you, Donnie, if you were just flying. Oh, I would. I, you would never have to work a day in your life because you'd have interviews. You'd have people making movies on you. You'd be. You would literally be Superman, and that's crazy to think about. You want to be Superman? I want to be Superman. Your your superpower is being Superman. I mean, if you give, if you make me Superman, I'm not gonna complain about it. I'm not gonna be like, no, nah, I don't want to deal with that. Like, who, who would say that? That's a that's a good choice for me. My ideal superpower is having the ability to duplicate things. So my concept for this comes back when I was like 13 years old and I was playing Ultimate Team in like Madden, and you would get some scammer to invite you to a party, and he's like, I can duplicate your cards, little kid, and then you you have to post it on the auction house. It's kind of an if you know you know situation. But really, it, I, if I could duplicate things, listen, I have a dollar, bang. Now I just have two dollars. Oh wow, what if I did that with a twenty dollar bill, bang? Now I've got forty bucks. Like wow, that that wow, how would that not be just an amazing ability? Or or say I had a really good cheeseburger. Oh wow, now I've got two really good cheeseburgers. How about that? Like I feel like that ability to duplicate things, like wow, I feel like that just solves so many of my life problems. Well, I think the one thing with that is it makes life too easy. It's so it, it makes things too simple for you. It's like if you can duplicate money, you can make a billion dollars, and then it's like, what what's the what, what are you doing with it? What's the purpose? All you've done is you, you've used your, your superpower to to duplicate money, but then are you happy because of the does the money make you happy? Um, I don't no. know. I've got to, hey. I've got to donate my money. I'll be, I'll just keep donating. I'll, I'll just keep do- just duplicating my own money and then I'll just keep donating it to, simple, to simple. hospitals. If you, if you duplicated your money and then like cured world hunger, like you would, you would be a good guy. You would be a really Let's good go. guy. So that, that's something I'm doing that it. I can definitely get behind. I'm, I'm good with what that. If, well, how about this? What if my superpower was to cure world hunger? What if we just, we just cut it. We just cut it right down the middle. That would be fine too. I, I think that you would definitely be doing good for for the majority of people on the planet, and that's something that we can definitely get behind on this podcast. Okay, what if it was just to cure all diseases? Now, now we're just like getting places. I could cure coronavirus right now. Bang, coronavirus over. 
you would be you would be the most liked person on the planet. You would, you would be the most. <laughs> you you would go from from being guy who does podcasts to a hundred or so listeners to guy who guy who literally solved every problem of the world. Like yeah, you know, def, definitely crazy. That, that's a come up wow. for you. That's how about, how about this conversation? I started out with I wanted to duplicate a dollar and I ended up curing every disease ever. I mean, what a conversation. You know, props to you for that one. That's this is this is character development. It's fine. I really, I really think so too. So great question from Kira. I, I just found out I'm just like a great person. So it really feels great. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm very pro Kira questions on this podcast. I just want to make sure that she knows that I am very, very pro Kira questions because they always you gotta be. They, they put they put thoughts in my brain and just like obviously just like Sheck West. Sheck West puts thoughts in my brain when I listen to his music. Um, so you know, definitely we're looking to have Sheck West on. It's number fifty. Um, we were hoping to get Sheck West on for our fiftieth podcast. Obviously, a little bit of a you know, you know, it'd be a, it'd be a flash. It'd be a, it'd be a splashy ad obviously to the team but you know um we'll, we'll, we'll keep out with that one uh, we'll, we'll stick with it uh, obviously uh you know can't win them all you know that's all right check west he's coming on the podcast soon you you roadie on the horn listener you know that you know that check west of course is coming on soon. he'll so be here good stuff we promise will. at some point we can't wait Follow us on social media, by the way, you listener. You've made it to the end of the podcast. You are now an end of the podcast folk. That's what this means. There's no way for you to listen to this unless you listen through all the way to the podcast. Or you're Kira, and you only listen to the end to listen to your questions. So, But also respect. Also definitely respect if you're only an end of the podcast folk. But follow us on social media. Give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter and TikTok at Roth Podcast. Let us know how you're doing. Let us know your questions. We answer questions every single podcast. We love interacting with you, the listener, right now of this podcast. We want to hear your thoughts. Usually we talk about sports. Sometimes we talk about things that are not involved in sports, like superpowers and chicken parm. So let us know whatever's on your mind. We're really excited to talk about it. But yeah, that does it for me. Donnie, I'll let you wrap it up. Any final thoughts from you for our listeners? You know, I have I have Chinese food ready to pick up in 25 minutes, so that's definitely something that nice. I'm excited about. And I hope everybody else, um, whenever you're eating this, you have some good meals prepared for the next um, next couple of hours or the next day, whenever you're uh, whenever you're listening to this, depending on uh, you know when when you're doing this. Um, but yeah, we really appreciate again, as per usual, everybody that listens. You know, we made it 50 podcasts, and I'm sure we'll make it 50 more. I don't I don't see that stopping anytime oh, soon. Oh yeah, uh, we 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 definitely uh, we hum them out here. Uh, if you're watching the YouTube um, one week later video because i'm too lazy to edit it which won't be this time i'm actually gonna edit tonight uh i've decided i'm editing the podcast tonight so it should be out sunday which is wow uh, breaking news for us um but yeah if you're watching the youtube video obviously you see uh, over over there there's mookie betts jersey number 50 for the for the 50th podcast he chose that just for us obviously um of course but yeah I, I hope everybody has a great rest of your day night week month year and we will talk to you again next week goodbye peace everybody with the game on the line, one shot, who would you rather have taking it, Iggy or Curry? Of everyone on Golden State, open shot, fate of the universe on the line, or the Martians have the death beam pointed at Earth, you better hit it. I want Iguodala. 